the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. A reading from Colossians, the third chapter. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, here there is not Greek, and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing one with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive." And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. I have been told before that the worst kind of alcoholics are those who deny that they have a problem. These are individuals who keep their back bar shelves stocked full of booze and constantly tell their family and themselves that they do not have a difficulty with the bottle. Their talking point is that everything, yes, everything is under control. No worries. That is to say, these alcoholics are very difficult because they live under the delusion that they have the ability and the willpower and the control over their alcoholism. But in reality, it is actually destroying themselves and those around them. So they may choose to go several days without a drink. Yes, they choose to go without a drink, which confirms that they are in control. But when they fall off the wagon, as they say, these alcoholics then rationalize it away and say something like this. Oh, it won't happen again. I'm all right. It was just that one time. I've got this. I'm in control. If 
family members make it worse too when they encourage the alcoholic by giving him encouraging and optimistic sayings such as this. You know, a couple of drinks are okay. Everything will be all right. You are fine. It's all good. And so the alcoholic will never get the help that he needs as long as he thinks that he is not an alcoholic and feels that he can make the changes on his own. Indeed, as long as he thinks that he is in control and that he can improve his life, he is unfortunately trapped in alcoholism and being trapped in the addiction itself. You see, when a person is trapped in the addiction of alcoholism, nothing will change for the good. But more often than not, he will destroy himself and others. But there's another possibility, though. As soon as the alcoholic hits rock bottom, as they say, reaches the absolute bottom where he can no longer escape his alcoholism, there's actually hope. Yes, when he realizes that he cannot fix and improve his struggle with the bottle, then he is finally in a place where he can get the help that he needs. At the bottom, the alcoholic will be able to take his eyes off the idea that he can fix himself And then he can look outside of himself for help. He will be able to look to others to help him with his addiction, which typically results in him dumping the alcohol down the drain and smashing that back bar into a thousand pieces while confessing to those around him, my name is John. I am an alcoholic. Now, why do I share this? I share this because everybody else, yes, everybody else, is really no different than the alcoholic when it comes to this sinful old nature, that old Adam. You see, way too many people are living as if they can improve their sinful old Adam. They have not, yes, they have not bottomed out yet. They think that they are in control and they can fix up that old Adam. They live with the delusion that their old Adam, that sinful nature, can advance and improve. Consider for a moment some of the titles of these popular books. Think Confident, or this one, Thinking Big. This one, The Power of Your Mind, or You Can Get Rich, or how about these two, I'm Okay, You're Okay, and There's Nothing Wrong With You. Now, all these books understand to a certain extent, my friends, that we humans have a problem. But like the alcoholic, they believe the delusion that we humans can fix our problems. They think that the old Adam can be renewed and converted and improved. Now, dear friends, if you try to educate a person, you will get a smarter sinner. If you try to get a person to be confident, you will get a self-assured sinner. If you try to get a person to think big, you will get a big-headed sinner. If you try to get a person to tap into some sort of power, you will get a power-hungry sinner. If you try to get a person to be rich, you will get a greedy sinner. If you tell someone that they are okay and that there's nothing wrong with them, yes, you will get a satisfied and slothful sinner. As with the alcoholic, if we ignore the root of the problem, which is that sinful old Adam that we all have, that we cannot improve, that we cannot fix, if we ignore that and then give meager advice and optimistic encouragements 
This will do absolutely nothing. Advice only gives the impression that we can fix that old Adam. Now, dear friends, whatever we do, we cannot change our sinful old Adam. The sinful nature is too addicted to sin. The sinful nature is too twisted, too dark, and too perverse. Therefore, this old man... This old man, this old Adam is not converted. He cannot be. He is not renewed. He cannot be. But rather, our whole old nature must be removed. It must be put to death. You see, we bottom out. And we realize that improvement of the old Adam is not only a delusion, but an impossibility when we indeed bottom out. Indeed, the sinful old Adam is not just a mere figment of imagination which can be adjusted by thinking differently or more positively, but rather the sinful nature, this old Adam, must be put to death. It must be smashed into a thousand pieces. It must be poured down that drain. It must be dragged out and confessed before the throne of grace. It must be slain. And until this happens, yes, until this happens, nothing will change for the good. But more often than not, things will only get worse. This is exactly what we hear in our epistle reading from Colossians this evening. We read that this old Adam, along with its fruit, must be put to death. Yes, Paul says that the old Adam and its fruits must not be reformed or converted or improved, but put to death, put away and stripped off. The sinful old Adam mustn't pass go and does not collect $200. I think we're getting a clear picture tonight, are we not? About this old Adam, that there really is no hope for this old Adam. In fact, this old Adam is not to be treated with kid gloves at all, but rather this old Adam is to be treated as an enemy combative. This old Adam needs to be kicked around, admonished, forced, threatened, punished, and ultimately executed. Now, to be a little bit more to the point. Too often, though, we Christians give this old Adam a hall pass. Yes, a hall pass. That is to say, we are too easy on our old Adam. Case in point, think of Sunday mornings. This is something that applies to each and every one of us. The alarm goes off, and the old Adam says this, hit that snooze button. You've had a long week. So the snooze button is hit, the alarm goes off again, but this time you are awake, so you get up and you get your feet out of bed and you go down to the kitchen to make coffee. You then realize that it is Sunday morning and that church is in one hour, to which your old Adam says to you yet again, it has been such a tough week, you should just stay home. Besides, pastor won't care, he's a pretty nice guy. And so you make the decision not to go to church, But then you find yourself conflicted. Maybe you should go to church, for church is a good thing. But then your old Adam speaks up yet again and says this, you don't need to go to church. You've been fairly consistent lately. Missing today won't impact your spirituality, for you've got your faith under control. Besides, if you go, your morning will be eaten up and you won't have enough time to get your weekend projects done. And so... The old Adam wins out. Church is skipped. The word and sacrament are not received. And the third commandment is broken. Now, dear friends, 
I know this is a struggle for many of you on Sunday mornings because, get this, it is a struggle for me too as well. And I'm the pastor. You see, our sinful nature despises church because the last thing that it wants is to be confronted by the Lord. And unlike many churches in America, Zion Lutheran Church is not going to bait your sinful nature into the pew by promising you entertainment in the worship services. So what does this mean? Dear friends, it means this. First, we need to understand that not wanting to go to church is breaking the third commandment, which is not good, but bad. Secondly, we have to acknowledge that this sinful old Adam within us is like a stubborn donkey and hates church. The old Adam will never change and like church, no matter what we do at the church services. Even if we gave away free door prizes at church, the old Adam, yes, the old Adam still would despise coming because the old Adam despises the preaching of the gospel. Thirdly, we need to realize that the very fact that her old Adam does not want to go to church is the very reason why we need to go to church. So instead of letting the old Adam have his way, we instead should confront this sinful nature. Remember, you are a Christian. The sinful old Adam can never be given an asylum with a Christian. The sinful nature is never to be granted a voice or a safe haven with you, the Christian. For this sinful old Adam is your enemy and mine as well. And so... When the stubborn, sinful nature grumbles, you simply kick the old Adam and you drag the sinful nature to church where you stand shoulder to shoulder with everyone else and confess this together. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you, God, all of my sins. And then the pastor, hearing the confession, makes the sign of the cross upon you, reminding you of your baptisms while saying in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you of all of your sins. And in that moment, at that moment, the old Adam is executed. The old Adam is plunged into your baptisms where it drowns and dies. Indeed, at that moment, your faith is strengthened when you hear that absolution. And that faith, it kills the old Adam and makes you altogether a different person. And here's the catch. Dear baptized saints, this is the life of a Christian. This is your life. The daily life of the Christian is nothing other than daily baptism. Because you belong to Jesus and because you have been put at war against your old Adam, you are to daily plunge into your baptisms with confession. Yes, when you confess your sins and confess the old Adam within you, The Lord declares to you that you are baptized, that you are forgiven. You see, your baptism is not just a past event, but a present reality for you. You receive forgiveness of sins in baptism, and that forgiveness remains day by day as long as we live. That is, as long as we carry this old creature around our necks. So we fight against the old Adam, baptized saints, We fight against this old Adam, not by reforming the sinful nature or trying to make the sinful nature better, but by putting it off, putting it to death. And when we attack this old Adam, this sinful nature, by confessing, 
which is actually repentance, we are also walking in our baptisms where we are given the grace, spirit, and strength to fight the good fight and finish the course. So strip off the old Adam. Put him to death, dear baptized saints, for you have died in Christ and are raised anew by faith in Jesus, clothed in the radiance of your baptisms. The old Adam cannot be carried forward because Christ is your life and you are raised anew in him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionwinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.